You are listening to the DOCUS podcast, brought to you by the Irish support agency New South Wales, a podcast designed to promote the mental health and well-being of the Irish community in Australia. Each month, we will explore a different aspect of mental health and well-being, guided by the latest evidence and facilitated by an expert in the field. Please support us by liking, subscribing and sharing. Enjoy the episode. Everyone and welcome to tonight's DOCUS webinar. Um, I'd like to begin firstly to welcome the traditional owners of the land. So um, I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people, the traditional custodians of the land that I am hosting this webinar from. And I would also like to acknowledge the lands on which you are watching this webinar. And I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. So tonight I would really like to welcome our three contributors. So we have got Donna, James and Natalie um, joining us tonight. And we're going to talk about returning to Ireland and getting their perspective from their personal experiences on returning to Ireland. And interestingly for Natalie, who made the move back home and has actually came back to Australia again. So um, I think it's going to be a lovely evening and a great opportunity to discuss everyone's experiences and maybe get some advice along the way. Um, so yeah, look, I think let's just start off um, by everyone maybe introducing themselves. So um, Donna, I'm going to pinpoint you. Donna was previously um, president of the Irish Support Agency and a great friend of ours. So um, Donna, if you don't mind, maybe just introducing yourself and letting everyone know about when you returned and how that's going for you so far. Okay, um, I was in Australia for 18 years and um, I'm home just over 12 months now. So I've been home the guts of a good year. Um, the decision behind it was, I always said if I was made redundant, that I would come home. And um, we actually, me and uh, my boss, put in a paper to make that redundancy happen. And from the day and hour that the paper went in, I started to panic, where it's kind of, oh my God, have I done the right thing? Um, but, you know, once, once the redundancy was granted, I knew I was on my way home. Now, leaving Australia was really hard. I think I cried from the day and hour that I knew I was going home till I came back. <laughs> And then the tears this side were different tears because it was actually really nice to come home and spend time with family. Um, the, the move in itself was quite stressful. It took me, I started packing at Christmas and I was leaving in May. Um, so I, I got all that stuff sorted. It is, it's, it's heart-wrenching to leave. Yeah. But again, the, the difference this side makes it all worthwhile. It really does, all worthwhile. So I've settled in really, really well. I love being home. It has its challenges. I will not, <laughs> I will not uh, say it doesn't. It does, and I'll give you just a classic example. I got a beautiful um, framed or unframed poster from the ISA, a beautiful print, and I left it in in September to be framed, and I got it back at the start of December. 
<laughs> so things sort of go very, very slowly in a small town. I mean, the, the town itself is probably 8,000, 10,000 people in it now. Um, and it is a very small town. And for, I think you, you forget, because I was in Sydney or Australia for so long, that everybody knows you here. I don't know anybody, but everybody knows you. Yes. Um, it sort of freaks me out a bit because, yeah. you know, people would speak to me in the street in your home now and it's, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> and it's really, really scary. You know, just for me, it's randoms, like random people. Yeah. Um, so I find I find that a bit of a struggle because you're used to anomaly in Australia where, you know, you're only people who know you know you. Um, so that, that has been interesting and that's been a bit of a challenge because, again, small town mentality they want to know your business and they like to know your business and you know for somebody that has been away for 18 years that's a struggle to come back into but but that said you know it's worth it it definitely is worth it now absolutely and I can imagine there's adjustments in every area and we'll maybe dig a little bit deeper into that later and James what about yourself then um I believe you're a little bit longer than Donna so you've um you're further down the line yeah, I guess in years. Yeah, so I was in Sydney uh, for 16 years, 2000 to 2016. So I'm back uh, just over six years. Actually, uh, our anniversary was uh, May the 10th, just gone, six years. Um, and it's funny, Donna, listening to yourself, um, you know, you're a year back and you're, you're feeling pretty good about it. And uh, I'm trying to think back to when I was a year back. I wasn't feeling great, to be honest. Um, it took me a lot longer to settle. Um, and what, if you ask my wife, Anne-Marie, uh, after a year, I think she settled really quickly. She was into the groove with schools. She decided to, to stop working, um, stayed at home, settled in the children. So we had three children when we returned. They were eight, six and three. And uh, yeah, she was right into it. She had uh, her, her brother and sister living nearby um, and was very settled. And um I remember driving home one time and asking her how she was how, how she was getting on and she was nearly crying with happiness you know it was, you know she was just so happy to be back uh, I struggled a little bit more I was very lived in Sydney very into the lifestyle surfing every day uh, loved the lifestyle so it probably took me I'd say three or four years to really uh, adjust to the seasons to even even just adjust my life routines uh to you know now i work more during the winter go inside get the work done and then this is my favorite time of the year you know when it's opening up and i, I love road trips and stuff like that you know so um so yeah that that's that's been pretty interesting so i had to learn a lot of patience you know as donna said not just with uh the logistics and the bureaucracy and that sort of thing but patience with myself um to trust that i was in the right place and uh that everything was going to work out so i think you know for for us when we decided uh like i said our kids were young it was getting to the point where the eldest and being eight uh we're kind of thinking it'd be a wrench to take her out when she's any older um and so our our it was a, it was a very uh good decision to to bring them back to the place that we grew up mainly for family for for uh, for them uh, for ourselves um to spend time with with our family um but once we made that decision uh we had to really switch on look forward not not try not to look back and compare um to an imaginary life and that sort of stuff so um 
yeah, I'm enjoying it now. I'm writing a book about it. Uh, it's it's a it's a great experience. Um, I'm very big into having no regrets and in, into mindset and uh, personal development. And a big life change like this definitely uh, makes you think about what's important, what your priorities are, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, so that's that's been a a big one for me. So yeah, settling. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think that's interesting if you're in a couple that one person is adjusting that little bit quicker than the other. And I've definitely heard from friends um, in similar position where one's kind of considering, should we go back? Like I'm 12 months in, it, have we made the worst decision of our lives? And the other one saying, you know, give it time. It'll be fine. We have to make it work. Um, so I think um, it would be really great to hear from Natalie if you can um, maybe introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about when you um, moved home and when you decided to come back to Australia. Yep. Hi, um, I'm Nat. my name is Natalie and yeah, I moved to Australia in 2011 and I left in 2019, so I was there for 11 years. Um, I think the decision we made to go home was because we'd had a little boy um, and like that, you know, wanting him to be around family and all of that. Um, so we got home and I think I'd say I might have been home two weeks. And I said, oh, my goodness, what have I done? I've made the biggest mistake of my life. Why, why have I come back? Um, my, like, the, my little boy was finding it hard to settle, I suppose, you know, and just trying to get him back into a routine. Um, and then I think for the first six months, I think, um, my husband settled in straight away at the start. He was loving the fact that he was home. He was loving life. Everything was rosy in the garden. It was great. He, he wanted to come home for a long time, a lot more than I did. Um, I think I had constantly been putting him off for two years, two years, we'll go now two years. And then I think after we had our son, I was like, he was like, right, come on, it's now or never. So I was like, okay, yeah, let's go. And I think I, at the time I was ready as well. Um, and then I think for the first six months, I think I cried myself to sleep every night. <laughs> um, just not being able to find my feet, just not being able to settle back. Um, I, I think I found it a little bit hard as well. I had moved back to his hometown, not my own. Um, and my, say my best friends and stuff had, had of course, typically as I had moved back to Ireland, had moved to Dublin for work. Um, so there was, you know, the, not having that connection around was hard. Um, and then COVID hit in March. And um, I just kind of said, right, that's it. We have to, we, we don't have an option. We have no choice. We have to try and not make it work. Um, and that's when the wheels turned. Um, then that's when my husband kind of started having doubts about being at home. And he then started finding it really hard to say, um, whereas I kind of had you know, got the mindset, that's it, we're here and let's try and get on with it now and and, and make the best of a bad situation really. Because I suppose, you know, with COVID, nobody knew at the time what was going on. Um, 
And yet, um, as the time went on, he didn't set it, he didn't kind of, he kind of never got over that feeling. And then he returned seven months before I did. Um, he returned in May last year. Uh, we were supposed to follow him out in September. And then COVID hit here in Australia and they went into lockdown, back into lockdown here. So um, I didn't actually make it back out till January this year um, because I, I just was not going to put um, my little boy into quarantine, um, not for two weeks because he's he's a busy little boy and I was like, no, I just couldn't put him through that. So um, I ended up waiting, waiting it out for a while um, and then, yeah, made it back in January. Wow, what an experience, um, many highs and lows, I can imagine. Um, and look, I think for everyone um, in the in the world, especially those Irish living here in Australia, um, a lot of people did question whether is now the time to go back to Ireland or not. And from what I can hear from all three of you, deciding and driving factors for home was family. And, you know, that may be that for kids to spend time with their grandparents or grow up with other cousins or for ourselves to maybe see our parents getting that little bit older over FaceTime is um, is tough to see. And you do have that, that feeling of it's now or never. So um, Donna, can I go back to you? So you mentioned that, you know, you were packing up for many months and that you had put in that, that request at work to get redundancy. So did you have doubts along the way like were you thinking seriously at any point am I doing the right thing should I put the brakes <clears throat> on here absolutely there was a couple of times where I went you know you you're you go into autopilot I think from my end I went into autopilot and I'm pretty organized I like to have all my boxes ticked and all the rest and there there was a couple of times where I went <gasps> am I really doing this do you know and it was that heart stop and moment where it was kind of oh do you really want to do this is this something that you really want to do and I discussed it with my family um now one of my driving reasons again was COVID and that being locked into Australia not knowing if you'd get out or whatever and and I, you know that was probably the ultimate driving force for me the redundancy was off the back of that um but it was kind of not knowing if I could get out and again, you have that fear and everybody who has been away or is away always has that fear of that phone call. And you do not want that phone call. It has to be the worst phone call that you'll ever receive in your life. So, you know, whenever I whenever I sat down and talked to the family about coming home, first thing my sister said, you're mad. What would you why would you come home? Why would you come home? <laughs> and I think for me, uh, and, and probably the same as you, James, you know, you've been away for so long, people don't understand what would take you away from that lifestyle. But I do believe you have to give it a crack. Absolutely give it a crack. And me personally, I can't have one foot in each country. I'm home now and I have to go with it. And I'm loving it. Like I am loving it. And like I say, it has its challenges. Um, I think I have lots of connections in Australia as well. So I get all the biz from them. I, you know, I had a phone call from the lads I used to work with the other day. They're growing their business in America and Europe. 
and you know are talking about maybe getting me on board to do Ireland and Europe you know th there's there's all of that that goes on but for me personally it was it was really difficult to leave like Australia's home for me I grew up in Australia you know that's how I look at Australia I grew up there um, but now is the right time to, for me personally to come home and spend that time with the family because you don't you don't get that back you really really don't get that back and for me that was really really important well I'm really glad for you and you know for everyone on the call it sounds like you made that journey home on your own terms as well because as you touched on Donna unfortunately in our personal lives and through work we all know of those that had to go home in crisis they got that dreaded call and didn't have you know the long goodbye to Australia and um, to be able to kind of bid it farewell and leave with you know a smile on your face as well knowing that you've left when you did. And I do think it's, um, Katrina I do agree, I think it's really important that you give Australia the long goodbye. Mm -hmm. You know, I prep from December to May. Yeah. Yeah. So I I gave it a good five months and I had a great five months in those times too. Um, <laughs> do you know, yeah. but you do, yeah. you do have to give it the long goodbye. Yeah, and I think you owe it to your time in Australia as well, especially as most of us have done our growing up here and we're very different people from when we first left Ireland, maybe to when you're returning. Um, and James... How, how was that with kids and um, to do that and explain to them about returning to Ireland, a country that they have maybe just visited at times? Yeah, um, it was easier than we thought it was going to be, actually. Um, I mean, I suppose I was 23, I think, when I when I got to Sydney and, um, you know, something a little bit higher when I left 40 or so. Um, and... Um, like when we decided, uh, we similar to you, Donna, we decided we were home on holiday, um, which is a dangerous thing as well, right? So you're, you're going to weddings, you're having a great time, and then, you know, you, you, you're thinking you're missing everybody. And uh, we always used to go back to Sydney and go, just let that feeling settle. Don't make any big decisions for two or three months till you get back to Sydney. Like, you know, but this time we had been thinking about it for quite a while and we, we made the decision in the car. Um, we had left the kids with their grandparents and we were driving home from a wedding down south of Ireland. And uh, we, we made the decision, but we said, right, well, nine months, we'll come back for next summer. So we had plenty of time to organise. And we put a little um, countdown on the fridge to get the kids excited, uh, you know, whatever, 120 days till go back to Ireland. So they were actually very excited. As I said, the eight-year-old was probably our biggest uh, concern. The middle, our middle daughter, Erin, um, is also, she likes routine and she likes structure and that sort of thing. So we were also a little bit concerned about, you know, uprooting her. But we built a lot of excitement uh, around it. And um, in terms of doubt around the decision, I, I don't think we had, like, we were so excited. That excitement was just the overriding thing until probably the days around departure, uh, where I wouldn't say doubt was the emotion, it was just real sadness. Like, you know, we, we as you say, you know, I, I, I love neuroscience and how the brain works and the stages of development and happiness and all that sort of stuff, you know, and, your life when you're in your 20s it's all about pleasure it's all about you know getting out there taking risks uh learning and 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 everything so it's overriding uh you know your focus is on ha having a good time 
And so Australia is a great place uh, to, to, do, to do that. But then when you have kids, you move from pleasure to purpose. And both of those things, pleasure and purpose, are big factors in our happiness, right? So we seek pleasure and we seek purpose. And I suppose when you get to, to have kids, get a bit older, you seek a bit more purpose than, than pleasure. Pen, pendulum swings back towards the middle a little bit. So, uh, and we lived across from a nursing home. Uh, for five years uh, so I used to look at the nursing home I'd see people going in and sometimes they didn't come out and so I was like Jesus do I want to die here like you know and um, I, I really don't didn't like, I mean I don't want to die in general uh, who does but I definitely felt like I don't think Australia is the place where I want to uh, I think I'd regret um, you know and like you said Donna you know you want to have a crack at it um, but you want to have a decent crack at it and I feel like, you know, uh, Natalie coming back during COVID, that, that's an additional challenge, you know, that you don't need, uh, you know. So um, a, a decent crack at it is having a few years, being patient and uh, having a crack at it during a normal time, I think, um, as well. So it's it's a very difficult thing to do, um, but uh it's it's very rewarding uh, sorry uh katrina i've gone off your, your question a little bit in terms of kids um so so the kid but the kids um you know now when we ask them uh you know i might sit around the dinner table and say you know do you remember the house in australia and my son uh who's now nine doesn't remember anything right so he was three uh can't remember you know i'm like do you remember the house we had we had a little swim pool right <laughs> I can't believe I had a pool for you. You can't even remember the pool, right? But uh, anyway, you can't remember that. Um, and the two girls, we're, we're lucky because we're all Australian citizens, so we have the option. We, we didn't feel trapped, and we, we, we have a plan B if, if we want. But uh, my we're planning to go to Sydney next year, and my eldest daughter is very excited. She has some memories of it and some pals she still keeps in touch with for for the most part they're they feel completely irish we look back at all videos and they have australian accents it sounds weird to us now you know uh they're they don't really remember a whole lot the eldest one has a little bit of a connection um um but they're they're irish um and I think, you know, when, when they when they started school here, their accent changed almost immediately because kids will do anything to fit in, um, you know, so that was a big thing. And for Anne-Marie, my wife, um, uh, fitting in, like when we, we had got to that stage in Sydney where she was starting to bring uh, to be at school with the mums and she never quite felt like she was completely fitting in. Wow. Uh, completely, it's just different, you know, just completely, not anything bad, uh, just different sense of humor that sort of thing okay. um so uh yeah i think i think the kids are remarkably resilient but a lot of what they think comes from you so if you are positive and you as a couple are happy then they'll be happy anywhere yeah and they're picking up on that energy and i think for kids as long as they feel safe and secure um then then that's huge exactly so um, I think I'm just going to throw it out to all three of you around how the move met or didn't meet your expectations. So 
Um, one, I think you had said there, James, about holidays. Yeah, <laughs> not realistic to to think what life could be like when you're in Ireland on a holiday because um, everyone makes a huge effort and, and they love you and they do love us regardless, but um, it's not reality. So um, especially when we're popping home at Easter or in the summer at Christmas, but yeah. How did the move meet or not meet your expectations when you were leaving Australia, what you thought Ireland was going to be like? I'll have a go. Um, I would say, looking back, I'm, not, I'm trying to think of what expectations we had. Um, I mean, we just expected to be back with family. Um, probably didn't recognise, for me, the extent to which... Um, I'm just going to speak for my family. My family, for example, had had moved on. Obviously, been away 16 years. They have their own lives, their own routines. So, um, those everyday conversations that you've missed, um, I still struggle with that, to be honest. Um, and uh, what well, I didn't have any explicit expectations it was just different to what I expected. Um, with my folks uh relationship with them is great they were over in sydney a few times so they spent you know two or three months at a time there so uh, that's been great um so it depends on what area of life i suppose you're you're, you're talking about like oh, overall i'd say um you know expected the weather to be crap but uh, actually not as bad as uh i thought it was and first few years i sort of had a not the great not a great attitude i tried, sort of kind of resisted the weather um and the seasons for example i was trying to get out in the winter and now i, I kind of enjoy getting in by the fire and <laughs> and just you know hunkering down and and uh you know getting away from the world in, in a way and getting a little bit of peace is is nice yeah. but it was something that i really had to adjust my expectations and my life uh my life to um and then there's other things, you know, when, when you make a big change like that and you you basically you do you do a spring clean, like, you know, not just of your physical stuff, but of your mental stuff, like, you know, and it's a, it's a great thing for that in, in, in terms of like reset and going, I'm going to ditch all this stuff that, you know, actually doesn't really make me happy. And um, I'm going to, you know, I've got this little thing behind me, which is uh, live simply and um you know, we bought like we bought a caravan, and we and we we do these like really simple things, um, with the kids, and uh, so that's been great. Um, and I, I I don't I wouldn't necessarily attribute that to Ireland, but I attribute it to uprooting your life and recreating it in yes. the middle. Like you know, it's easy to do that when you're twenty, because that's what you're meant to do. But when you're forty, uh, it's a great it's a great thing to do because you just you, you just toss out lots of. Yeah. predefined beliefs you know lots of lots of trash and uh, you do a good spring clean so so nice. that's been good but yeah, yeah. and what about you donna um you mentioned you know how long sometimes it can be a little bit frustrating we're we're used to many options here and things happening quickly i i think that's what i struggle with most is it's a different it's you know they talk about fiji time well it's Valley Castle time here, you know, that's where I'm from. It's just, you know, everything is a go slow and having the options in, in Australia and Sydney, it's, it just, it, it blows my mind, you know, and sometimes I think just people not want the money, you know, you're trying to pay them for work and you're gone. Why are you, you know, I just, I just, it really blows me away at times. But again, it's about having that 
patience and going right you're in a you're in a different place entirely now the expectation there you know you have to you have to manage your own expectations is, is how I would look at it I think um James like you that well unlike you actually I feel less Irish now than I did in Australia and it took me an awful long time to actually acknowledge that and work that out. It's probably taken me a good eight months because I had such a big Irish connection out there. And, you know, you'd lift the phone in Australia and go, it's only me. And they know straight away who it is, you know, because of the Irish accent and because of that. But it took me a good eight months to acknowledge that fact that I actually feel less Irish now than I did in Australia and I still struggle with that still struggle with that and you know you have your community here which is great you know everybody's into everything and big GAA and festivals and all of that but um, it's different it's really really different and I can't I can't really put it into words how less connected I feel being home than I did in Australia that's the that's the one biggest thing that I have struggled with and I, like I say, I have acknowledged it. I just don't know what to do with it now because I don't know. Again, Irish community in Australia is absolutely amazing. They're the best people in the world and you just get on with it and batter on and help out where you can. But here it's different. I think it's different because you're home yeah. and you're just like everybody else. And you're probably and just trying to find your position as well and where you uh, in, yeah. that, that has been my biggest struggle and I'll be honest that really has been a huge struggle for me yeah and look I think um it's really important to to mention that and maybe when we do come home as I said the world revolves a little bit around the visitor and um I have had friends that have gone before me which I think is really important and especially for those that maybe haven't had friends listening to this conversation and that they're starting to manage my expectations because like James over the years I've just said I don't want to grow old here I'm just not ready to leave yet but I home is always the main goal for me but having friends go through the move and they're saying nothing's happening quickly with paperwork struggling to find a doctor to take me on you know all of these things are helping or you know the gang don't really meet up as much anymore it's not like before we moved to Australia and it was every Saturday night out they've got their kids and they see their family on a Sunday because here when you don't have maybe family here for most people your friends are your family so yeah they had a lot more support here than maybe it took them to move home to realize actually we've got our immediate family now but our friends back in Ireland have got their own lives so it's really interesting to hear the good and the bad and I think for Natalie as well like that is an experience for a lot of couples too where one person has to give it up and say okay I'm going to give it a go in a new town or a new village where where I'm an outsider and maybe if we're not doing the socializing that we were in our 20s it's harder to meet people it's harder to to fit in like I guess um for Donna or James like what advice like is there anything any key advice that you would give to someone now and that may be tuning in um tonight or looking back on this um webinar as to 
if they're struggling with the decision and they want to move home, what would you tell them? Would you like to go first, Donna? Sure. I, I mean, like I said earlier, give it a crack. <clears throat> you know, worst case scenario, if you're fortunate enough, like most of us are, we have the passport, you can always go back. Yeah. But whenever I say give it a crack, you have to give it a good crack. Leave yeah. all expectations of Australia, uh, in Australia, and embrace Ireland. Like, absolutely embrace it. Uh, and and that's, the, that's probably the only advice I would give it. And don't compare. You can't compare apples and oranges. You really, really can't. You know, and I've caught myself a couple of times saying, but back in Australia, we did A, B, and C, and that has to go. Yeah. You know, you can say that internally to yourself, <laughs> but externally, not a great idea. No, because you're going to get very quickly. You're not in Australia now, I, Absolutely. <laughs> They're not long in telling you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I say, that would be my advice. If you're thinking about it, give it a go. But you have to give it a real go. You know, there's no point in I have I have a friend again who has just doesn't know what to do, whether Australia is the right place for Ireland. She's home here in Ireland at the minute and doesn't know what to do. And it's kind of, well, you have to embrace, you have to, you know, go with it. And, you know, a lot of people are surprised how quickly I've settled in, but I think I was of the right mindset, you know, and that, that's really important. You have to be of the right mindset to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think we will all take, give it a crack away from tonight. And what about yourself, James? Yeah, I, th I think uh, for someone who's trying to decide, it probably depends on where you are in that process. So let's, the first thing would be, and this will be a, a piece of advice for the whole thing, would be be patient, don't rush it. So if, if you're if you're just at that early stage of deciding, uh, like if this is a this is a heart heart, you know, Donna, you rightly say mindset. The time for the mindset is 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 later, but 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 I'd say tune into what your heart really wants. So yeah, you know, I I uh, when I came back, I I did a diploma in life coaching, and um, we do certain techniques like you know, uh, life canvas and stuff like that, or life wheel, and uh, it's a bit corny, but you know, it's it's it also works. It's there for a reason, and you you write you write down the areas of your life and you, you you think about what's important to you in, in those areas. And, you know, you might go through a process of comparing Ireland to Australia. And like we did this, right? We actually had a spreadsheet, you know, Ireland versus Australia lifestyle. We, we scored it and Australia won every time, yeah. right? But we changed the spreadsheet so that Ireland won because our heart was telling us Ireland. That right. was yeah. <laughs> on paper it was australia as the winner right finance you know lifestyle australia wins, right? uh, yeah exactly so family you know family ireland wins so family became the 90 percent weighted one because our heart was a constant like that was the cry from the heart down ireland right so there's a process there you shouldn't rush it um but before you make a decision any big decision it's getting clear on what your values are what's important to you um and so I, I i would say don't rush that sit on it for as long as you feel you need to um and the decision will 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 make itself eventually i i think and then um once you decide uh yeah give it a crack could be could be your mantra i had a mantra in um around 2016 2017 when i was back it was grit it was an acronym i love acronyms grit stood for gratitude relentlessness intention and trust 
And I remember calling the mate of mine, um, Andre, um, who I grew up with, and uh, you know, I was complaining about the weather and stuff like that. And he he's the guy who said to me, be patient with yourself. You're in the right place. And that's where the trust of that grit word came from was that I needed to just trust that everything would be okay. Um, and Donna has already referred to mindset. Um, I'd probably say if, if you have decided, uh, start to meditate, switch on your mindset um, and write or start to keep a journal. I never kept a journal or a diary in my life, um, but it was very, very therapeutic when I was here to be able to write down some of the shit that I was thinking basically like just complaining about the weather and then you see it on paper and you're like get a grip yourself you know get a raincoat that sort of stuff you know so you can give yourself therapy just by writing down uh writing down stuff and Donnie I didn't actually realize uh, until you said it but I feel the same way when I go up to say the local gar club or or events like that where they're so Irish and I feel like I'm not quite there um i'm not irish um but then i think i like being different i like not being quite irish <laughs> so I, I try and embrace the difference that's the price you pay of going away and seeing uh, a little bit of the world and you know yourself and stuff like that maybe, maybe you'll never be quite irish and uh, try and focus on on that and avoid comparing uh, enjoy the fact that you're different um and yeah, patience is probably the word I'd, I'd, I'd like to end on, uh, patience. All right. Yeah. Well, look, I think um, I am going to throw it out to anyone in the group here. If you have any comments or if you'd like to ask questions to any of the contributors tonight. Yeah, I'd like to ask a question to, to anyone really. Um, I know we spoke a lot about making that decision and um, as James just said, being patient and taking your time and deliberating over that. Did anyone feel that the decision, a part of it was a little bit of obligation or were you able to distinguish what you truly wanted versus what you thought other people wanted of you? I think, I, and I'll have, I'll just have a quick answer to that. I think when you've been away for so long, you do feel obliged to come back. But that has to be your decision. That can't be anybody else's decision. Um, and for me, I didn't feel obliged to go back and I didn't feel I had to go back. I think it's, I wanted to go back. Now that I'm home, I see that my, you know, my sister has taken up all the slack for the last, you know, few, you know, particularly in the last five, six years that I haven't been able to do. And it's actually nice to be able to give back. But I didn't feel obliged to come. I understand what you're saying. Um, and you do sort of feel it, but it has to be your decision, is what I would say on that. Mm -hmm. It can't be anybody else's decision. Yeah. 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 I, 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 completely agree I, I think obligation is probably a feeling and a uh, a factor in your consideration you can't escape that feeling of ob obligation but it can't be the deciding factor and uh, for us with children it was more an obligation to them we felt that um, one of the reasons why 
I think people love Irish people is because they're so friendly and they've got a great sense of humor. Uh, you know, they know how to work. They're grounded. And we felt obligated to bring up our children in the same foundation that we had. Um, and that was the obligation. And, you know, the fact that, you know, Donna, you, you know, you were there 18 years, I think, and I'd be there 16 years. If obligation was a factor, it probably would have got us back sooner. Um, so and it, it shouldn't be, uh, but obviously it would be a, a, consider, a consideration, but um, yeah, not the deciding factor. Okay, thank you. Well, we don't seem to have any extra questions here. So I would just um, like to let any of the listeners know that all of the previous DOCAS webinars can be found on our YouTube channel. And we have explored a wide range of topics relating to mental health and well-being. So make sure to check that out. And we've also done fantastic video recordings with um, Crosscare who look at more of the logistical side of returning to Ireland. Um, and yeah, I think that is really important that you consider the emotional impact as well as the logistics and how you can make that work. So look, thank you for joining us this morning with you tonight with us. And um think that's been really powerful so wishing you all the best and enjoy the summer weather now see you all thanks for tuning in everyone and we hope that you enjoyed the episode please don't forget to rate and review so more people can find us until next month